Chapter Sixteen of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book One, by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter Sixteen that a people accustomed to live under a prince if by any accident it become free can hardly preserve that freedom should a people accustomed to live under a prince by any accident become free as did the romans on the expulsion of the tarquins we know from numberless instances recorded in ancient history how hard it will be to maintain that freedom and this is no more than we might expect for a people in such circumstances may be likened to the wild animal which though destined by nature to roam at large in the woods has been reared in the cage and in constant confinement and which should it chance to be set free in the open country being unused to find its own food and unfamiliar with the coverts where it might lie concealed falls a prey to the first who seeks to recapture it even thus it fares with the people which has been accustomed to be governed by others since ignorant how to act by itself either for attack or defence and neither knowing foreign princes nor being known of them it is speedily brought back under the yoke and often under a heavier yoke than that from which it has just freed its neck these difficulties will be met with even where the great body of the citizens has not become wholly corrupted but where the corruption is complete freedom as shall be presently known is not merely fleeting but impossible wherefore my remarks are to be taken as applying to those states only wherein corruption has as yet made no great progress and in which there is more that is sound than unsound to the difficulties above noticed another has to be added which is that a state in becoming free makes for itself bitter enemies but not warm friends all become its bitter enemies who drawing their support from the wealth of the tyrant flourished under his government for these men when the causes which made them powerful are withdrawn can no longer live contented but are one and all impelled to attempt the restoration of the tyranny in hopes of regaining their former importance on the other hand as i have said the state which becomes free does not gain for itself warm friends for a free government bestows its honours and rewards in accordance with certain fixed rules and on considerations of merit without which none is honoured or rewarded but when a man obtains only those honours or rewards which he seems to himself to deserve he will never admit that he is under any obligation to those who bestow them moreover the common benefits that all derive from a free government which consist in the power to enjoy what is our own openly and undisturbed in having to feel no anxiety for the honour of wife or child nor any fear for personal safety are hardly recognised by men while they still possess them since none will ever confess obligation to him who merely refrains from injury for these reasons i repeat a state which has recently become free is likely to have bitter enemies and no warm friends now to meet these difficulties and their attendant disorders there is no more potent effectual wholesome and necessary remedy than to slay the sons of brutus they as the historian tells us were along with other young romans led to conspire against their country simply because the unusual privileges which they had enjoyed under the kings were withheld under the consuls 
so that to them it seemed as though the freedom of the people implied their servitude any one therefore who undertakes to control a people either as their prince or as the head of a commonwealth and does not make sure work with all who are hostile to his new institutions founds a government which cannot last long undoubtedly those princes are to be reckoned unhappy who to secure their position are forced to advance by unusual and irregular paths and with the people for their enemies for while he who has to deal with a few adversaries only can easily and without much or serious difficulty secure himself he who has an entire people against him can never feel safe and the greater the severity he uses the weaker his authority becomes so that his best course is to strive to make the people his friends but since these views may seem to conflict with what i have said above treating there of a republic and here of a prince that i may not have to return to the subject again i will in this place discuss it briefly speaking then of those princes who have become the tyrants of their country i say that the prince who seeks to gain over an unfriendly people should first of all examine what it is the people really desire and he will always find that they desire two things first to be revenged upon those who are the cause of their servitude and second to regain their freedom the first of these desires the prince can gratify wholly the second in part as regards the former we have an instance exactly in point clearchus tyrant of heraclea being in exile it so happened that on a feud arising between the commons and the nobles of that city the latter perceiving they were weaker than their adversaries began to look with favour on clearchus and conspiring with him in opposition to the popular voice recalled him to heraclea and deprived the people of their freedom clearchus finding himself thus placed between the arrogance of the nobles whom he could in no way either satisfy or correct and the fury of the people who could not put up with the loss of their freedom resolved to rid himself at a stroke from the harassment of the nobles and recommend himself to the people wherefore watching his opportunity he caused all the nobles to be put to death and thus to the extreme delight of the people satisfied one of those desires by which they are possessed namely the desire for vengeance as for the other desire of the people namely to recover their freedom the prince since he can never content them in this should examine what the causes are which make them long to be free and he will find a very few of them desiring freedom that they may obtain power but all the rest whose number is countless only desiring it that they may live securely for in all republics whatever the form of their government barely forty or fifty citizens have any place in the direction of affairs who from their number being so small can easily be reckoned with either by making away with them or by allowing them such a share of honours as looking to their position may reasonably content them all those others whose sole aim it is to live safely are well contented where the prince enacts such laws and ordinances as provide for the general security while they establish his own authority and when he does this and the people see that nothing induces him to violate these laws they soon begin to live happily and without anxiety of this we have an example in the kingdom of france which enjoys perfect security from this cause alone that its kings are bound to compliance with an infinity of laws upon which the well-being of the whole people depends 
and he who gave the state its constitution allowed its kings to do as they pleased as regards arms and money but provided that as regards everything else they should not interfere save as the laws might direct those rulers therefore who omit to provide sufficiently for the safety of their government at the outset must like the romans do so on the first occasion which offers and whoever lets the occasion slip will repent too late of not having acted as he should the romans however being still uncorrupted at the time when they recovered their freedom were able after slaying the sons of brutus and getting rid of the tarquins to maintain it with all those safeguards and remedies which we have elsewhere considered but had they already been corrupted no remedy could have been found either in rome or out of it by which their freedom could have been secured as i shall show in the following chapter end of chapter sixteen